Well, Whistler, B.C. is one of the premier ski destinations in the world. Most Canadians have heard of it if they've never been there. So what better place to try to resurrect a decidedly dated and very quirky B&B? Well, that may depend on just how dated and just how quirky it is. In this case, transforming the 5,000-square-foot Bavarian-inspired Heidi House while living in Toronto in the midst of a pandemic-fueled supply crunch, well, that could bring about a long list of challenges. But that's the basis for HGTV Canada designer Sarah Richardson's new project and show called Sarah's Mountain Escape, which premieres Wednesday, tomorrow, October 19th at 9 p.m. on HGTV Canada. Here's a listen. Have a preview. Welcome to our Mountain Escape. Sarah Richardson has a big new BC Reno. You can rent it nightly. We need to open for ski season. It's a big project. It's a total gut. On the other side of the country, it's a lot. With big problems. Should we talk about the concrete elephant in the room? I hate it. It's not what I want. If you want them that way, they should have been drawn that way. And big surprises. That's from a bear. I'm speechless. (laughs) Sarah's Mountain Escape. New series Wednesday, October 19th on HGTV. So, just how much work did she have to do to make her Heidi House a home? Sarah Richardson, host of Sarah's Mountain Escape, author of best-selling books, including Sarah Style at and at Home. Sarah Style joins me now. Sarah Richardson, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. You know, even just as you're watching the beginnings, the way you set up this new season, this new show is daunting because it is far from home. But one of the most fascinating things is how you landed upon this project, because so many of us have been on holiday and thought, well, wouldn't it be nice? And so rarely do we do we actually do it? Well, yes, but it was funny because I was I was talking to someone and I said, you know, have you ever have you ever gone on holiday and picked up a souvenir? And they said, yeah, one of those snow globe things. Maybe there's a building inside the snow globe, but you didn't have to buy the house. <laughs> so th- that's how it happened. You just you were in Whistler. Many of us have been to Whistler before. It's it's great and decided to do some uh, to look around and you found something, something uh, out of the ordinary. Something out of the ordinary, yes. So it was uh, December 2020, and uh, flashback, uh, the pandemic was a thing, and uh, we really wanted to get some some mountain air um, as a family and just try to recharge. And so my idea was, uh, you know, be safe, but go and go and be outside. And uh, my husband's idea was, well, we should call a realtor. And I said, what? No, we're just we're just going to go on a holiday. And he said, no, I think you should consider getting into this market. And um, he's a persuasive guy. And he had this idea. So we went and we met this real estate agent. We looked at a few properties and a lot of them, you know, it's funny when you when you're looking at property in Whistler uh, because it's in a rainforest it might not be the most beautiful day. So we were out driving around in a sleety, snowy, rainy melange and uh, light was fading. And we went in and I said, I don't know, there's just something about this house. And, uh, and we bought it. Yeah. And you only, you didn't have long to ponder either. I think you had what a 20 minute, 20 minutes to see the whole place. Yeah, and, and I've, I've been asked by friends, like, what do you mean 20 minutes? We were, you know, if you're on a tour with a realtor that you don't know, you know, they set a schedule and they're sort of like, okay, we're going to go here, 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 here. And we had to get to our next appointment or we would miss it. Uh, and so 
we had no idea what we would be interested in, what the right property would be, or whether we would even be interested in a property. So we kind of whizzed through and then we left. And then we thought about it afterwards and thought, hmm, you know, it kind of kept percolating. And uh, it turned out that that was the one. And, uh, but I left on a plane and went back to Toronto. So we sort of, and didn't meet it again until, so I saw it for 20 minutes at the beginning of January and then arrived to see it and start at the end of May. So five months of not seeing it, not knowing, because then we went into major lockdown and shutdown and travel was hard and we never went back. And Until house, we went to start it. Until and, it was ours. Uh, yes, indeed. How would you describe House Heidi to someone who hasn't seen it? Because it's sort of, when I first looked at it, to me, it was sort of the cross between the Bavarian ski chalet and, you know, those those incredible uh, houses in Barcelona that Gaudi, that Gaudi designed. <laughs> designed. Great, great description. Um, I would say, so if, you, if, you, if you're trying to picture it, I would say, imagine a cuckoo clock and then put marshmallow frosting on it. Uh, and, and I say that the house looks like the original house. It looked like a s'more. It looked like marshmallow, graham cracker, and chocolate was the, was the kind of uh, scheme. It's very quirky and playful. And uh, if, if the question is, why would you ever buy that? I think because we'd been deep in the pandemic, which felt like no fun, it really felt like we'd been in the no fun zone for so long. There was a real appeal to my husband, Alex, and to me that this house looked like fun. When we showed it to our kids, my older daughter said, oh, looks like a party. And I thought, well, you know, maybe the world needs a little more, a little more lighthearted and a little less serious. And I don't take myself that seriously in design. So I figured it's an interesting challenge to see what could be done. Um, I, I don't want to give away that people should watch the episode, but uh, you return you to can. it. You can. You can tell yes, them to watch. Yes, indeed. They could watch for sure. Or I could tell people to watch. But when you return to it, like many things that one has a mind's eye vision of, when you finally got back, there were things about it that you hadn't quite remembered, if I, if I have that correct. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So I'm an optimist and I, you know, I try to see the best and, and my job as a designer is to see potential and to be creative. So when I'm looking at a house, I'm not looking at what it is now. I'm thinking about what it could be later. And that's really, that's really what drives me and inspires me. And I, I'm always, I'm always motivated to think of how could I make this better? What could I do to respect where it's come from? but then reimagine it and, and make it work for the future. And so I was excited and I, I knew it wasn't going to be perfect, but when I saw it after five months, I was horrified and it was so much uglier than I remembered. You know, our kids walked in and said, it smells bad in here. I mean, there was, there was nothing nothing I wanted to keep. And uh, all I wanted in that moment was to go running back to the car, jump in the car, drive back to the Vancouver airport and fly home. So, um, but we didn't, we, we stayed. 
You did. I, it reminded me, you know, I grew up in Montreal. So every once in a while, you'd go to a cottage in the Laurentians ski ski place, you know, that were older. And it reminded me of that. It reminded me yeah. of, you could almost, when you walked in the door, I could almost smell it. I could almost yeah. smell that. That, uh, But the view, though, I mean, just where it is, is so spectacular. Well, it's in such a, you know, what's interesting about Whistler uh, is it's surrounded by the mountains. So as Alex says, they're not, they're not making more Whistler. It's, it's not going to get bigger. The mountains are there. They're bordering it. This is a defined area. So it's every, every property is unique and every property is special. And it sits in this great neighborhood, you know, for people who, who know Whistler, it's on nesters. And so the grocery store is down the street. The bus runs across the end of the driveway. So does the bike path. You can walk to the village and you look out to all the mountains. You look out to Blackcomb and Whistler and then in behind is it Sprout and Rainbow. You know, there's there's sight lines everywhere to mountains. And when you come from Toronto, that's just breathtaking. That just never gets old. Yeah. So you, I mean, just the traveling alone, because it's not like you live beside Pearson and Whistler is beside the airport in Vancouver. This must have been an awful lot of back and forth and just the coordinating of it must have been a whole new challenge. Yeah. So it's a, it's about a 12 hour door to door journey um, from leaving either Toronto or our farm near Collingwood, getting to the airport, five hour flight, get your baggage that's a journey in and of itself. And then two hours up the Sea to Sky Highway uh, to get to site. So, uh, and then do it all again to, to get home. So lots of, lots of travel. Um, but I think, you know, hopefully, hopefully you can look at it as getting there is half the fun. And uh, for the most part during this project, my husband, Alex and I were able to go together and tackle it together and so there, you know, there is there is probably no more inspiring drive, truly, than the Vancouver to Whistler Sea to Sky Highway. It is so beautiful um, and it always makes it feel like it's worth worth the journey. But it takes a while to get there. It does. Um what can viewers look forward to? I mean, I, I, again, I don't want to, I suggest you watch. I don't want people to, I don't want to give away what happens, but what were the big challenges you faced going in? Uh, pretty, you pretty much had to, you know, change the entire layout of the place, but what were the big challenges and what can viewers look forward to seeing as the show evolves? I think if everybody's, if anyone has ever felt uh, out of their depth, like a fish out of water and in over their head, um, I think they'll feel comforted to see how challenging it is for someone with 25 years experience like me, who's renovated, designed and built uh, hundreds of projects, um, really struggle because it was, um, I, I think that the pandemic added a whole extra layer, sort of like a heaping helping of extra sauce that you weren't, that you didn't order. And that's everything from um, pandemic related challenges to then we had major natural disasters in BC, uh, supply chain issues, and also never underestimate the, the challenge of working outside your realm, your backyard, where you know how things work. So I always say, whether it's whether it's Georgian Bay or Creemore, Collingwood or Toronto, I've got a black book and I know who I can call to get stuff done. In Whistler, uh, it was sort of like, you know, just, like a, just 
open the telephone book. So it was a, a, a very, that made it a very different adventure. Yeah, because yeah, there was a natural disaster that wiped out uh, roadways that led into that area. I can imagine that finding supplies was difficult. There's always been a labor shortage in Whistler. Uh, we know mm-hmm. about that. So, uh, I, so add all that, plus just all the code stuff, seismic codes. It's BC, right? It, it looked like a real learning experience. And that makes it, obviously, for the viewer, that's part of the fun. Yes, I'm not sure it's going to be really great for house sales in BC. <laughs> I don't think the BC Realtor Board is going to be calling me and saying, thanks, Sarah, you made everyone want to move to BC. No, BC is a fantastic place. Um, and it's just, it's you have to you have to realize who is in charge. And we are not. Mother Nature is in charge. We had, you know, there were fires the atmospheric rivers, the the bridge washouts, supply chain was huge. I mean, trucks had to divert and drive an extra thousand kilometers when they got to Kamloops, when they were coming with supplies from the other side of the country. So they had to go down through the U.S. And then one day it was uh, uh, critical, a critical order was on its way and they couldn't get on the Sea to Sky Highway uh, because it was closed to only emergency vehicles. So they'd already done, you know, 800 kilometers of the detour and then got stuck again. You made it through, though. You, you made it, you made it through. <laughs> Where would you rank? I mean, you've been doing this for, I mean, you, you're, a, you're a pro at this. Where would you rank this one amongst all the ones you've done over the years? Oh, with the hardest, most challenging, most stressful by far. But uh, my husband calls it my greatest transformation. So from from a before to an after, I think it was that the that the before is so kind of alarming and dated and shocking. Like that's what I believe in when it comes to renovations. I don't ever want to start with something that looks great and rip it out because I care about resources and I believe if if you want to renovate, find something that really needs a renovation. So this was due for a renovation. It's a dramatic transformation. It was challenging, like nothing I can imagine. Um, but we did it and hopefully people will really enjoy watching it and, and getting a glimpse of all that BC and Whistler have to offer. And you've been doing this since 2000 on HGTV. HGTV is 25 years old. It's hard to think back to a time when we didn't get an inside view of these, these, these sorts of projects and learn from them. I mean, I think we all learn while watching them. Well, exactly. And and when you talk about the, so I've actually been with HGTV for 25 years because mm-hmm. I started out my career behind the scenes. That's right. That's so right. I was a prop stylist and a set decorator, and I worked on the very first show that went to air when they turned the proverbial lights on, on HGTV. So, you know, it's fascinating for me to see how somebody said, how do you decide what your next project is going to be? And it's you really have to be thinking about what is in the hearts and minds of the viewers. And, and the more, the longer the network has been on, the more people have seen, the more people have seen, the more they have learned and grown and the appetite continues to build. And so it's not, it's not sort of, I don't think we're at a point where people say, ah, renovation show, been there, done that. They think, oh, great. What's this? What am I going to learn? What am I going to see? You know, what are they going to do wrong that I don't want to do wrong on my own project? And so I think there's, I think the, I think the appetite to consume this type of content lives on and grows strong. And there's lots to consume in Sarah's Mountain Escape. Sarah Richardson, thank you so much. My pleasure. It was lovely chatting with you.